Hello, friends, fellow warriors and trauma disruptors. I wanted to have a little chat today about overcoming fear. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> have you ever heard me talk about overcoming fear before? And it seems that recently I've been talking about it quite a bit. I'm going to give you three compelling reasons to overcome fear because I think you're going to need them. You are going to need some good reasons to want to face your fears because, well, let's face it, they're scary, right? I mean, when I talk about overcoming fear or becoming courageous, I picture people all over the world on other sides of screens <laughs> saying, are you nuts, Valerie? Why would I want to face something that's scary? It reminds me of scary movies. I have never, ever liked watching scary movies. Why in the world would you want to pay for someone to scare you? Come on, isn't life scary enough? However, I, I think that, it, I mean, we have to face fears. Now, I'm not saying scary movies, which are forcing you to be scared of something that isn't even real. I mean, life is scary enough, the things that are real. But I'm talking about facing our fears, those daily ones, and even some of the big ones. We all have beasts we have to deal with on occasion or, or daily. They are the traumas, those traumas that leave us feeling defeated, hopeless, helpless, guilty, living in shame, and so much more. And I know that it feels a lot of times like staying in bed with the covers over our heads would seem like a really viable option to being strong and courageous, which I completely understand because of late, I've been feeling the same way. Yes, I'm a courageous leader and I feel this way sometimes. This whole deal with my daughter's murder trial coming up, maybe it was easier in some ways, even though we need that closure on that part of it. Not not that there'll ever really be closure when you're talking about a murder situation because there's appeals and all sorts of things and parole and things like that. But but anyway, you know what I mean? Just that, that one chapter having some kind of closure on that. Maybe it was easier when we didn't have to deal with it. When it was so far out, it was taking so long. You know, it's been almost five years so far. And I guess in some ways, maybe it was easier because we didn't have to deal with it, even though we have that unsettled feeling. So do you know what I'm talking about? Do you have something like this in your life that maybe a part of you is saying, well, why would I want to face it? It terrifies me. Why would I want to face it? I don't want to have to deal with all the feelings that come with it. Maybe it's better to put it off. Well, unfortunately, the things that scare us the fears that we face, whether they're those tiny ones or the big, huge things that terrify the you-know-what out of us, they don't go away. They don't go away because we decide to bury our head in the sand or to ignore them. It reminds me of my brother had this Springer Spaniel dog quite a bit bigger than my little 10-pound cat, Fiona. But when Fiona was a kitten, especially, she loved to play with dogs. No problem with dogs. This dog would come and stay with us. It was so funny. He would walk by her with his head turned as if, if I don't see her, 
She's not there. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, my other cat, Shiska, my mom's dog, Bailey, did the exact same thing. They would walk past these cats and just look the other way, pretending they weren't there. Nope, then I don't have to deal with it. And I get feeling like that sometimes. We've all done that. And and I know for some of you, it's, it's more difficult than others because you have more of a tendency to be like that, to be more of an avoider, where some people just have more of a personality to take things on head on. But really when it comes to those those things that that scare us in different ways. Let me, let me first address that. Sometimes it's something that really scares you. Like the time I've told you about the time that I put a boa constrictor around my neck. I know, nutty. In fact, by the way, just the other day the pest control guy was here and we were talking about the scorpions are something we have to deal with here where I live. And then he was talking to me about snakes. We were just talking about all the scary things that he comes across in servicing houses. And just a couple of days before that, or a couple of days after that, actually, I saw a picture of this rattlesnake that was the size of a boa constrictor, I swear. Well, it seemed like it to me and it was all coiled up and it was on a friend of my brother's front porch where they were all staying on their porch. I mean, how do you get after that thing, right? Oh my gosh. It really kind of freaked me out. So you got to know that I can't stand snakes. I'm scared of them. And um, this back to the pest control guy, he's telling me that he had a friend who had a boa constrictor and one night he woke up. I don't know what in the heck the thing was doing out of its cage or how it got out. And it was around him, constricting him. And I can't remember what he's told me. I think he said vinegar is something that they spray on them and it repels them. And he was able to get the vinegar bottle and, and get the boa constrictor to back off. I mean, these things are no joke, right? But I didn't see any body parts around and stuff, as, as I've told you before. So I went ahead and did it. It was just a moment. And the, and the other guy the other guy, the owner, the only other guy that was crazy enough to do it with me, the guy that owned the boa constrictor, he had it around his neck at the same time I did. So, I mean, those are kind of scare fears that you can overcome, things that scare you that you can work on, like my fear of heights. I went on a quest to overcome my fear of heights. And when I say overcome, I have not eliminated it. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit too, this difference between elimination and overcoming. But I, it no longer drives me to the point that it did. It doesn't terrify me quite as much as it did before. So there are these things that we can face head on. But there's another kind of fear. And those are the kind of fears where we have to face certain emotions, and that really is fear. We don't want to have to feel certain things. So we avoid it. We're afraid of, of how that's going to feel, how it's going to impact us, how long those feelings are going to stick around. And I guess that's the thing with this whole murder trial for me. I mean, it's a first degree murder trial. I mean, that's as big as it gets. It, it's the kind of stuff that you watch on Dateline NBC or one of those snapped episodes. It's crazy. And, and I would rather do anything. I mean, pretty much anything then sit and listen to the details of my daughter's murder. I mean, it's just heart-wrenching, and, and I just don't want to deal with it. And, and there are ways that I can not hear and not see things during a trial, but all in all, it's going to be awful. 
Okay, I- I'm here to tell you, you're used to he- hearing me say, be courageous and, and, you know, being positive and having the right mindset and having that warrior mindset, which by the way, if you go to ValerieSphere.com on my homepage, you'll see that I have a free warrior mindset guidebook and you should check it out. It's really cool. Speaking of that, but anyway, you're used to hearing all of these things from me. And now I'm sitting here telling you that I know it's going to be bad. That's just the way it is. There's no way. I'm going to get out of this thing without a lot of tears, without a lot of anguish, and who knows what other emotions come popping up out of me. And I just, I mean, I don't want to hear all the details of, of Jamie's life and how she wound up in this awful drug world and, and we're learning details that they're going to blow you away when you hear it one day when we're able to tell you, but you know, how she made her way into this world is just mind boggling. And you know, I don't want to hear about her final moments on earth, all that. So I'd rather just avoid it is my point. And I think you can relate this to a lot of things. I mean, things that are big like this or even smaller things that we just don't want to deal with them. We'd rather just not go there. And so I think that the thing we have to figure out is how can we overcome fear so that it stops running our lives? And that's just it. Fear really does drive us because I think it's, it's what causes us to not try new things, to not believe in ourselves, to not get rid of that shame and guilt that follows us around. Fear is what keeps us from standing up and saying, look world, here I am because we're afraid of what other people are going to think. So When I say overcome, I want to make this really clear. Overcoming means you no longer allow this thing to run you. It no longer has this massive grip on you. You notice that I never say eliminate fear. I'm sure if I had some kind of a course that was about how to eliminate fear, I could probably charge a million (laughs) dollars. Not that people would have a million dollars, but you know what I'm saying. If we could figure out how to eliminate fear, people would flock to something like this. Unfortunately, I don't think that's possible. I I just think if people are being honest, there's not a person on this planet that could say they've over, I mean, that they have eliminated fear. You can't. You're human. We have things that scare us. You know, it could be, you know, I was just thinking about some of these really tough Navy SEALs or Marines. I mean, people that run into danger. They've definitely got to have a little bit more courage than you and I, right? I mean, these people are definitely in the business of overcoming fear for sure. But I guarantee you, if you spoke to each one of them and they were being honest, they would tell you they've not eliminated fear. Even somebody who's a thrill seeker, They might be afraid of intimacy, afraid of being gentle. So, I mean, fear comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes. And of course, it's driven by the beast, the beast. Now, if you're not, you don't believe the same, you know, have the same spiritual beliefs I do, that's fine. I believe that all this negative junk comes from Satan. You might think it comes from somewhere else. No matter what we believe about that on a spiritual level, it's not good. I mean, we can all agree it doesn't come from God or, or whatever it is you believe in. 
it's it's not helpful to us. It's not serving anybody. So while there will always be things that will scare the bejesus out of us, is that even a word? I don't know how that just popped into my head. But if that's the case, shouldn't we do something about it? So I'm not going to give you necessarily how to overcome fear here. I think that if you want to really learn how to overcome fear, you should check check into my nine weapons of hope course that I just put out. I haven't even told anybody about it yet, except for mentioning it here and there on podcasts. We've been so busy with doing so many different things. We haven't even had a chance to let people know. So I'm letting you know. But so, you know, let me just go back a little, a little minute here. Fear is a very powerful emotion and it, and it winds up driving our lives. It really does. And it's understandable when traumas like addiction, abuse, abandonment, betrayal, and even murder become a reality, it's easy to get stuck, to stay stuck, to stay down, to avoid having to be brave. And we end up riding this roller coaster from hell continuously. I did that for 13 years. I rode that thing painfully up one hill and screaming down the next. And it was the never ending ride. We've all been on some kind of a ride at an amusement park and you get on in one spot and you ride the thing around up and down, might be a little scary, all sorts of different emotions that happen. And then you come to the end of the ride. Most of the time it comes right back to where you began and you get off. More people get on, you know, it's a ride. It has a start and a finish, a beginning and an end. Well, I found out when you're riding the roller coaster from hell, there is no natural stop. You don't come to the stop where somebody presses a button and your the bar, the emergency bar, safety bar is released and you get out. Thank you. See you again. You know, it's not like that. It just keeps going on and on and on. And we wait for somebody to yank us off. I mean, I literally just wanted if Jamie would get clean, my whole life would be wonderful. Even though, to be honest with you, we had so many other challenges going on at the same time. Certainly... My daughter's addiction was the worst by far, but there were were some other humongo things that were happening in my life too, all at the same time. And, but I was so focused on that one. I literally thought, oh, if that just gets sorted out, I'll be, you know, life will be great. Of course, if it had been sorted out, I'm sure these other things would have become more magnified, right? But in any case, I am waiting for something outside of my control, my immediately control to change, to just settle out. And then life would be wonderful. Go back to so-called normal. I was waiting for God to yank me off. For me to have some big spiritual revelation where I just became this different person and things weren't bothering me anymore. I don't know what I was thinking half the time. I just wanted it to end. And so I figured out that really I just had to pull the emergency brake and get off. And when I did that, that, that was facing my beast. And my beast had a lot of heads. There were a lot of things that were coming at me. And so I've declared war on the beast. Now, that doesn't mean he stops knocking on my door. I still feel fear. I still have apprehension. I still feel self-doubt. I still wonder if I'm running out of time to really make a difference in the world. And on and on it goes. These are normal things that happen to everybody. So it never entirely leaves us. You know, we've got those lingering beasts that whisper in our ears or scream in our face. 
and they keep reminding us of our failures and shortcomings. You know what I mean? You allow those to run through your mind all the time, don't you? We relive the trauma. That's the other thing. We relive it. We play that movie over and over and over. And I've got some things in my Nine Weapons of Hope, by the way, to help you with that. The reliving of, of the, um, the movie. That's what we do. We, I mean, you know, I should have done this. I could have done that. Someone else would have done that. You know, so-and-so and so-and-so, their lives are going so much better. You know, their kids are doing well. Their husbands make more money. On and on we go. You've got a few of those you could list out, don't you? You've been listening to the lies long enough, just like I have. And we tend to believe what we hear, especially when it's on repeat. You know, messages that are crammed down our throats. It could be happening in the media and social media, television, your friends, your family, those messages that get crammed down your throat. But sometimes we're the ones doing the cramming. When those things happen over and over, they're no longer accusations, but they become our truth. And we just become weaker and weaker and we feel more scared. So the lower our self-worth goes, more fears creep in. The doubts settle in. We become paralyzed. I call it paralyzing fear. We question every move until it becomes easier to avoid making decisions. Avoid making a move. Staying down on the mat with our beast on top of us is painful. But it might seem more comfortable than standing up to take him on. And you know, if you're flat on your back right now, like I was, and you can't even imagine how in the world am I going to become brave? You know, I'm a big chicken. I don't have a whole lot of confidence left. Can I tell you that I've been there and I get it? And I understand that it, it might seem even impossible for you, but it's not, it's not impossible because that's what I did. I did it. I know too many other people who are doing it to think that you can't. And here's the thing of all the people that I have found that are facing fear, that are standing up, standing up to their beast, that have made the decision to get up and to become more courageous, to overcome their traumas, to disrupt them. I haven't met one single person that I would say, oh, well, I understand why they could do it because they have this super duper duper quality. They all have amazing qualities. Don't get me wrong, but so do you. What I'm saying is I haven't found this X factor that says, oh, okay, well, they have an X factor and you don't. So you can't become strong. It's, I just don't think it's true. So, I mean, what you really have to have, I want you to consider three things. That's what I really want you to do today is just consider three things. And then, you know, what you do about them is another story. But I think often the first thing we have to do is get our mindset right. We have to even have a little bit of belief. So I'm going to give you three compelling reasons. And I really don't think that you can turn away from these because they're, they're truths. They're not, they're, they're really just reality. So the first one is that fear doesn't go away. And I've, I've talked a lot about that on this episode. Just because we refuse to face fear, it doesn't just go away. Oh, okay. Well, you know, Sally doesn't want to deal with me, so I'll just walk away now. There you go. No more fear for you, Sally. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, contrary to what Finnegan and Bailey, the dogs, think when they see the cat, the fear is still there. 
the scary thing is still standing there, no matter how many times you look away from it. And as a matter of fact, if you don't take a stand, those fears are likely going to grow. Like a bully. Bullies have to be stood up to. It's the only way they back down. And fear is a big, fat bully. The second compelling reason I want you to consider is that being a fear facer will give you confidence. It's true. It's empowering to be the one who feels scared but does it anyway. I love that about myself. I like that people can look to me as an example or can find a little bit of hope. You know, that might want to just link arms with me and grab a hold and say, okay, let's do this courage thing together. It's empowering. You will love it when you're the one that stands up to face any kind of fear. And here's another compelling reason. And sometimes it's kind of interesting, but sometimes it seems like people need this type of reason more than how it affects them. And that is that somebody else needs your courage. It could be that, like me, of sons or a son or daughter in addiction, maybe they need to see your courage. They need to see that you can stand up when your heart has been ripped out of your chest, shattered into a million pieces. Maybe you have other sons and daughters and they need to see the hope. All the people around you need to know that in your darkest days, you were able to stand up and fight. Or like I said, that you just overcame some piece of your life. Even if you need to start overcoming some of these small things to give you the confidence that you can overcome big things. Whatever you face, you could have a medical report that's, that's scary. Those are scary. And by the way, we talked about avoidance earlier. Sometimes people will avoid getting tests. I think to some degree, a lot of people do that. We all feel a little apprehensive. You know, maybe it's better if I just don't know. And, you know, even though we could deal with it and face it if we knew, but it seems better to just ignore it. There are many things that can scare us. We could might be in a relationship that we know we shouldn't be in. It's not healthy. It's not helping, but we're scared of being alone. You know, you might want to consider that, well, first of all, you're not alone if you're with yourself. You've got God on your side, and maybe it's better to be alone for a period of time than to be in an abusive or antagonistic relationship, something that's keeping you down. There are a myriad of things that we need to face that have all sorts of fear aspects to them. Fear doesn't go away just because you refuse to face it. Being a fear facer is going to give you confidence. Trust me on this. And somebody else needs your courage. I mean, in my nearly 60 years on this planet, I have never imagined the amount of fear we are all facing today. As if our personal lives weren't already fearful enough. Now it seems like the world's spinning out of control. Somebody close to you needs you to lead the way. You could be the one that leads somebody out of the darkness. Imagine that. Imagine when your time is up on this earth, if that's all you ever did. I know you've done a lot more than that, but what if that was all you ever did? Lead one person out of the darkness. Don't you think your time on earth would have been very well spent? So these, I mean, these three tips, these compelling reasons are just the beginning 
but I hope that they make enough sense to you for you to start learning more strategies to overcome fear. Remember, I'm not talking about eliminating fear. Overcoming means what scares you no longer has a grip on you. Doesn't that sound like freedom? So once again, I told you I recommend that you use my Nine Weapons of Hope. You can go to nineweaponsofhope.com and you can also go to valeriesilvera.com where you can find that amazing course. I'm really excited and proud of, of the work that was done for it and, um, and all my other resources. But I, I want for you to begin to live a life of freedom from your fears and so much more. We are disrupting trauma for good. And I want you to link arms with me and be a part of that because your story matters. So always remember to live it courageously.